Welcome to the Meditation Podcast. You can find all our episodes on meditationpodcast.org. We're also on BitChute and YouTube, and you'll find the links in the podcast description. I forward the podcast, the Awakening Podcast, Speaking Podcast, Learn Polish Podcast, and the Crypto Podcast. And all can be found on rycon.com. Today, my guest, please welcome Cal Melkes. Hi, how you guys doing? It's a pleasure to be here. We're <laughs> ready to have a good one. Yeah, and looking forward to it. a lot of things that uh, I've written down here that uh, you're doing. So I suppose let's start off. You might let the listeners know who's Cal. So Cal doesn't exist. <laughs> I'll just say that right now to be, you know, real cheeky and weird. But um, uh, I am a meditation teacher, an astral projection coach, uh, an author. And basically, I started this whole YouTube and TikTok thing where I, I explain and, and tell people my experiences through astral projection and magic and all this paranormal stuff that I do simply because, you know, I, all of these things were happening to me and I didn't have an audience. I didn't have a community to really share them with. And I knew that there were other people out there like me who had these experiences. And so at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, let me get out there and just tell my story and see who kind of who's on board with it, who can relate. That's oh, how it all started. I, I, I've seen uh, your TikTok. There's like over 200,000 followers on that. So it's, yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a nice, yeah, that's, that's crazy stuff there. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think TikTok works well when you do something like specific and you stick to it. Whereas I was just kind of fooling around with it and I was doing different things. It doesn't really work, but if you stick to something, it tends to to build from that. But uh, I mean, I've seen some of the videos where you're actually talking, you're kind of speaking from your own experience, but yet it's getting, uh, you know, it's going viral, which is, uh, you know, great. So like, I suppose let's go back a step before getting your message out. How did the whole lot start that you got into this? So everything kind of began, uh, I was much younger. Uh, I was a little kid and I always had this sense of knowing, like I, I know kind of what's going on with all of this. I've done this before. You know, I, I always had this feeling like this isn't my family. This isn't my planet. I was just a weird little kid, you know, <laughs> and uh, it kind of progressed onto searching for my inner power because I knew it was there. As a kid, I was really obsessed with like comic books and, you know, superheroes and things like that. And I was drawn to this, this uh, idea of having powers and abilities. And so I did a lot of research as a kid, uh, you know, uh, entering my teens and, you know, late teen years where I really wanted to discover my, my inner power and, you know, tap into my subconscious mind. And for me, it started with hypnosis. I learned a bit of self-hypnosis, how to relax, how to quiet my mind, things like that, led me into meditation, lucid dreaming, and then eventually astral projection. And that's where I really started to cultivate my own spiritual life with its own distinct steps and things like that. So I suppose we'd go back to the meditation first. What's what kind of types of meditation was it guided and what did you find worked best for you? Well, for me, I experiment with a lot of stuff. Uh, at first, I was I'm the type of guy that loves to dabble in a whole bunch of stuff. And when one thing kind of sticks, then I'll go with that. And for me, I followed a lot of um, Buddhism and uh, Hinduism. Specifically, I, I followed like some gurus. Sri Yukteswar was, was someone that came up from Autobiography of a Yogi. Kriya Yoga is something that people can look into. Kriya Yoga is a, is a really powerful yoga. And the point of that yoga 
Uh, the point of that, that system is to get you to a place of enlightenment, to get you to this place where you're transcending and, you know, it's the fastest way to enlightenment, people say. Uh, you've got Zen Buddhism. But when I first got into all of this meditation, one of the first things that really ignited all of this for me was an unclutch meditation. And this is something that I really like teaching to people because it works really fast. It's really powerful meditation. Um, they call it unclutch because you're kind of unclutching from this identity. You know how when I started, I said Cal doesn't exist. Well, in the sense that I'm not Cal, I'm the awareness looking through Cal's eyes at this experience. Uh, and so this meditation kind of gets you to experience that firsthand as opposed to just hearing it from someone. So this meditation is really easy. Anyone can do it listening, watching. Basically, you start by getting comfortable, sit in a meditative position, and you know, whatever's comfortable for you. You can be laying down, sitting up, and you just close your eyes and you bring your awareness to your breath. It's always the breath. You notice with meditation, always the breath, you know, because breath is, it's the one thing we have that's easy, super easy to get into. Uh, and what I want you to do is something a little different than other people show you is you want to breathe in, focus on your breath. And when you get to the top, focus on where your breath flips over into being an exhale, that negative space of breath where it's that little pause before it turns into an exhale, focus on the gap. And when you breathe out, when it's done, focus on the gap. You know, that focusing on the negative space, the nothing, it, it moves you away from your identity somehow. You know, when you focus on nothing, it's almost like you, you become that nothing. You take on this, this space of not thinking. Uh, an interesting way to put it is when you focus or you narrow your focus to one thing, then you're closer to having no thoughts or focusing on nothing. And the sooner you can reach no thoughts or a place where your mind is quiet, the sooner you can feel this connection to everything or you unclutch from this character that you're playing. Excellent. I've uh, never heard of that way before. It's, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. And with the, hi with the hypnosis then, must, like self-hypnosis or just kind of being at one as well? It, self-hypnosis kind of has the same goal like all of meditation to me from what i found has the same goal you, you want the same thing from all of it you're trying to reach this place where your body this experience as this ego person who you're pretending to be you're roy right now you're not actually roy you're god with a roy suit on you know <laughs> and meditation and and hypnosis they they work to get you to this place of stepping back from who you are and saying oh wait I am just kind of playing a role. This is just fun. I can relax. And that feeling of connection is what allows you to do that. With self-hypnosis takes on a different form than meditation. Meditation is much more formal. Self-hypnosis can be really anything. There are many ways to enter this self-hypnosis space. And the goal is a trance. Now, the similarities between meditation and trance are that your brainwave frequency, the activation of your mind, you know, the, the frequency of operation that's going on is an alpha or a theta state. This is a more relaxed, more meditative, more mentally quiet state. And like, what's your thoughts on psychedelics then for getting into different states? I like where you're going there. I like where you're going. <laughs> Uh, now, psychedelics, I was really interested in for a long time, really, really interested in, especially around 2015, I started to like uh, really start looking into DMT and ayahuasca and things like that. 
And uh, I ran into guys like Terrence McKenna and I was just fascinated. Like, what is this DMT stuff? Like, I gotta have this. It's the spirit molecule, you know, uh, that, that documentary came out and I was just obsessed, you know, uh, because I, I wanted to be able to control the spiritual experience with the chemical. And that's what was really cool to me is that people would go into these trips and they would come back saying, hey, I had this amazing experience. I was, I was like, you know, I was in heaven. I saw these angels, you know, God spoke to me or whatever the case may be. I eventually took DMT, I think, you know, quote unquote, I don't know, it's not legal here. <laughs> I took it in Costa Rica and I don't know if it's legal there. Right? <laughs> you know, like, oh, we may have to talk about what you experienced. I'm interested. Uh, so when I took it, I was with some friends and they were like, hey, we've got this thing. And I was like, there's no way you have this. I've been searching for this for years. <laughs> and uh, uh, they finally sat me down and they were like, yeah, you know, you've got to take X amount of hits for it to work. And, you know, all the technical stuff. And I was nervous, you know, I was kind of like shaking. And so, you know, a friend of mine was like, don't worry, I'll hold the pipe for you if you get to a place where you can't hold it. And I was like, sure, sure, sure. So I take several, several hits and then, uh, you know, I just kind of lay back. And the next thing, you know, I'm, I'm seeing everything and it's like everything is starting to shake. This like disillusionment of my environment and everything is starting to pull away. Um, and so I close my eyes and I just kind of like move with it and I'm feeling like motion without actually moving. Now, I had done a lot of, kind of like research on DMT, like, you know, how is it, what does it feel like, you know, because going into these trips, I want to know how everything's going to be before I get there. Uh, and I don't feel like I personally took enough to have that like breakthrough. I'm in the DMT world sort of experience. I was just like, I felt really at peace and connected to everything. Uh, and I feel like that's a, you know, a, a pretty trademark experience for psychedelics is this oneness with everything what was it like for you yeah basically and um, we done it out in the moon like there was about 20 of us did it together and there was like uh, an experienced guy that was doing it so you know i felt totally safe and totally at ease with all the people that were there full trust and it was like i suppose you i don't know what you call it four dimension or five dimensional i could see everything and it was just i could see at that moment everything is connected and mm -hmm. i think from that time on like no matter what i'm up in the garden i'm just so connected to everything and it's like you know don't fear things either at the same time you know just kind of realizing life is a journey that we're just yeah we're occupying this body but as mm -hmm. you mentioned at the start it's not it's not us and i know that you can have that conversation with some people and then they look at you like you've got two heads but we all know our own experiences and unless you kind of try different things you won't know who you really are was that where you got your start then uh with uh, the dmt is how you started in your kind of spiritual walk no it was um i suppose meditation was my kind of my journey how i got into it is lost a lot lost everything basically lost all my assets you know i was doing very well went from a kind of to making 5 million euro to actually it being reversed to be my minus 5 million personally liable. I went, ah, oh, yeah. And got through that, but through that journey, then started doing meditation, started off with guided meditation and then kind of going through that, tried all different ones, then done breath work, done ice bats and stuff like that. And just, you know, just kind of meeting different people and listening to different things. Like what you've just told me there now with the breath work, concentrate on the flip. Never done that. That's something now that I'll start practicing. Oh, I think that's it's, yeah, it'll be very yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's like, ooh, that sounds good. I can, yeah. you, know, so. you know, a lot of people have have like 
they've talked about ice baths and like cold water swimming and uh, the the breath work and Wim Hof made that really popular. Is that is that something you've done specifically? I've actually done in Jamaica with Wim Hof. So he we, they filled the they filled the jacuzzi with uh, with ice and and he was taking a stroke and was great. But I then like because I'm I'm Irish but I'm living in Poland so I've actually went into the lakes in the ice and yeah it was the first time I'd done it. It was kind of the chill factor and the person that kind of brought me was talking to me and I reckon if they didn't talk to me I'd have just ran out and never done it again. But they they just had a conversation <laughs> with me and I was kind of and then after that I was able to do it more than anyone. Like I just go in there. And just breathe away and just, you know, what, what happened to me the first time actually is, you know, you're going in with your, your shorts. So I was running on the spot and people there were tend to keep their hands above their head. And was it a Polish thing or why they do not, but that's what they do. And I was running on the spot and next my, my shorts fell down to my ankles. So I had to, no. keep on. <laughs> I had to pull my pants up and, and tie it. But no. I done it, I think about 10 times. I didn't do it this year, but last year, I think I done it about 10 times. And, um, I don't know. It's a it's a fantastic feeling. You get so much energy from it. Yeah, you you were there with him. What what's the breath work like for that? Like what what does he actually show you? I'm trying to think the way that he was doing it. It's, it's more kind of prior to it, practicing, breathe in, breathe out, but nothing special. And then it was kind of, he was kind of going, who let the dogs up? And we all go, who, who? I think it's a distraction from the cold where you're not focused on it. And once you get comfortable, then you're no longer thinking. Because no even if you're going to the beach or whatever, you know, temperature is even average. You know, some people just go run straight in and others are like tiptoeing. But if you have the distraction or once you just get there and once you start swimming in the beach, then you're grand and you're like, yeah, there's nothing to worry about. And it's kind of the same with this thing. I mean, a lot of the people in Poland, they don't do the bright work. I just do it myself. I run on the spot, just breathe in and out slowly. And when I'm in there, I just focus on something. If the sun is there, I, like I, I, I like sun gazing. I, I just think it's very good. I mean, you know, I've, I, I believe I don't wear glasses. You know, I'd be 50 this year. So I think, I think a lot of people were like, they'd be mocking you about looking at the sun. I mean, you don't do it during the, you know, sunset or sunrise is a good time to be doing it. I don't think it's done any damage. Yeah, yeah. The fact that I'm not wearing glasses maybe proves that. But if the sun is there, I'll be kind of looking at that as well. Like in, mm. yeah, it's cool. Interesting. I've always wanted to do that. And I get, so I get into the Wim Hof thing, and I always think, am I like just hyperventilating? And, you know, I'm not trying to like hurt myself. But from what I've seen, it's like I've seen him talk about it's just breathing in as deeply as you can and just letting the breath fall out and then breathing in again. It's just like packing yourself with oxygen and you just like you you just hyper oxygenate the cells. And it, for whatever reason, it just makes you high. And so, there's, there's and, you a know, lot you have of people these, like, have different you know, ones. And one guy that I've had on the show, he actually mm -hmm. recommends don't do that because it's the oxygen that's going in and you shouldn't do it. And you should just control your breath and be calm. So since I've spoke to him, I don't do it no more because you do get kind of high, but are you really doing damage or you're just, you know, is it right to be doing that? And mm -hmm. just to be calm and breathing, but conscious breathing. And I think you can actually go into the ice bath or do anything really without, you know, freaking, you don't have to get to the high stage. Mm -hmm. I recently had a podcast guest on my show who was uh, he, he was talking about this breathwork technique that 
uh, it was it was studied at Stanford where they found after 28 days of this uh, this controlled study that people who were doing a specific breathing technique would start to get rid of these like congenital diseases and like these skin diseases and things like that just doing this meditation. And what they found was is that when you breathe in to capacity where you feel like you're full and then you you take another breath and then slowly breathe out, it's like it affects your nervous system. Like it causes your body to almost like that unclutch, but it causes your body to let go of this, uh, you know, fight or flight mechanism that you're in. Most people are stressed out all the time. Most people are, as I like to say, they're fearing the future and regretting the past. And what that does is it keeps them in a cycle of stress and it releases stress hormones like cortisol in the body. And so we get sick. You know, it's why a lot of sicknesses can just be taken care of with the placebo effect. You know, it's just, if you start to feel better, you're okay. And you can't feel better unless you feel better, you know? Uh, and so the, the breathing technique simply is just, you know, just taking that breath, taking another breath, and then just breathing out, doing that for five minutes, five minutes a day for 28 days. And you'll start to see changes in your level of awareness, your level of calm. And, you know, cause you'll be moving yourself out of these constant states of stress into a state of rest. And that's where we need to be to help digest food and all these other things. I was just enamored because I had never heard of that. And the interesting thing is that science kind of comes along with it and says, yeah, these things actually have an effect on the nervous system. Like you can actually affect the vagus nerve and things like that by just breathing. Like it's amazing how simple you can, simply you can affect your body for the better. Yeah, and like I've tried loads of different breath work with different facilitators around the world. And what I've noticed is so many people are able to release the traumas from that. And the guy that actually recommended not going to the kind of high stage, because most of them do that, like, you know, you're kind of breathing really fast for 30 minutes. He said he he gets the same results, but it just takes a bit better. And you're more in control. There's not this kind of, because some people... You know, they can realize something seriously happened when they were younger and it comes back. They, you know, it's been trapped all their life. But by the way he's doing it, it's like it's kind of slower, but they still are able to release what's happened. So, you know, I, I think horses for courses, you kind of look, you try 20 different things, 10 different things. The same mm-hmm. with the bread work. There's, there's so many different types that, you know, the box breeding, all these different ones. And you yeah. just, you find something that works for you. And that way then... You know, you, I think, as you say, you get rid of all the toxins, you get rid of uh, any diseases or anything. I mean, you can, I, I believe you can cure yourself of anything. Like, you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not into thing. going to the, the hospitals or anything, especially <laughs> these days. You know, it's like the fear of it. And, you know, if you feel something coming on, it's just kind of you become conscious of yourself. You're breathing the whole lot. And I think you can, you can, like, if I feel a cold coming on, Okay, it's like I mentally tell myself no, and you just start breathing properly and everything, and it's gone the next day. Whereas, you know, if you mm. prior, yeah, you'd have a cold for two or three weeks. And that was the thing about the Wim Hof breathing is that, uh, like, what he did was like he was able to tap into his immune system, and you know they would inject him with all these like yeah, he's know, done so uh, many Guinness Book of Records, and so, yeah, and exactly. And it's like there's a scientific proof behind this. This breathing stuff actually makes a difference. <laughs> when I first did that breathing meditation I gave you uh, just earlier, I 
it, it was a, one of the first meditations that actually I felt something from, you know, it's like, you don't have to feel anything for meditation to work, but it was one of the first ones I felt something. And, uh, you know, I was focusing on the, the, the switch over the negative space where it's like, where it goes over. I, I did that maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And the next thing you know, I feel like I'm dropping, like someone pulled the floor out from under me and it's just G force, like stomach is rising. And I'm like, what is happening to me right now? And, you know, I, I feel shaking. Like, I feel like the whole house is shaking, like there's an earthquake. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm getting nervous. I open my eyes and I look and I see everything is shaking. And then it like slowly kind of distills back to normal once I stop. And that's what really made me focus on everything. I was like, oh my gosh, this actually works. Like, there's actually something to this. You know, I feel like had I kept doing that, I may have just blipped out of existence, you know, I'd have been gone for a little while. That's how crazy it felt. And, you know, that's what caused me to keep going. It's like, all right, now I need to double down on meditation. Now I need to get into lucid dreaming and really mess with the mind. It's, it, was, it was pretty interesting. So I know like that I've read a bit on the lucid dreaming. So that's kind of controlling your dreams, basically, yeah, that you're, you yeah, can, yeah. It's, it's basically talk a bit the, about that, your journey on that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I spent a lot of time lucid dreaming, a lot of time just looking into it. I'm a, I call myself a man of research because I'm always on Google searching something up <laughs> and reading articles and watching videos all the time. Uh, if I find a book on something, I, I audio it because I, I don't feel like reading books all the time. <laughs> so at that time, I was on forums a lot. It, this was like early 2000s, maybe uh, 07, 08, I'm thinking, where, you know, Facebook was just starting to get popular. YouTube was still in its infancy. So you didn't have these these places where you could find a huge source of information. So you had to go through forums and, you know, just these little groups of people talking about the subject. And it was a very interesting time. And I found myself in forums all the time searching up techniques. There are a myriad of techniques for, for lucid dreaming. Tons and tons of techniques, tons of methods. All they, they get you to moving your conscious awareness into your dream. That's all a lucid dream is. It's becoming consciously aware that you're dreaming. And from there, you can control it or you can just enjoy where it's going, you know, things like that. Um, but if you've never had a lucid dream experience, it is a polarizing and just like, it's like an aha moment. It's just like uh, psychedelics where you take them and you're like, oh, I'm connected to everything. You lucid dream, you're like, oh my, my gosh, like I'm, I'm actually in the dream. I'm not in my body anymore. I'm, I'm in this dream having this crazy experience. And I went through those experiences of having lucid dreams where I was like, you know, I'm dreaming now, I'm controlling things, I'm moving things with my mind, I'm creating things. Uh, and I started to learn who I was. And at the same time, I started to kind of dip into the darker parts of my mind that were unresolved traumas. You see, if you don't deal with your traumas when you're awake, you're going to get them when you're asleep. Like you're, you have to deal with this stuff, you know, because <laughs> it's controlling your life. You've got to deal with it. And so I started to run into these negative dreams and, you know, have these darker experiences in my dreams. And I learned how to shut the dreams off right away. So I'd have too many nightmares. Like, all right, it's time to stop this. It's, it's going bad. Time to get out of here. You know, um, and I started to experience sleep paralysis. You know, I'd, I'd wake up from these dreams and I'd be paralyzed. And, you know, I'd hear noises and talking and bumping throughout my house. And I, I wake up like wrestling things. I remember waking up one time and, 
you know, my hands were like this and I was wrestling something. I was like, what the hell is going on with me right now? Heard bumping coming up my stairs at three in the morning. And this stuff just causes you to say, whoa, what's going on here? Like there's more to this than just dreams. You know, something is happening bigger than this. And then you, you look it up and people are saying, yeah, you know, I saw this and this happened to me. I was abducted. You know, all these weird things happen. And I started to make a correlation between sleep paralysis, lucid dreaming, and the state of mind you're in when that stuff happens. You know, when you're having a sleep paralysis experience, you're most likely in the hypnagogic state is what you'll find if you search on Google. And the hypnagogic state is a state where your uh, body is in a sleep state and the mind is awake. And you're perceiving what Google would say are hallucinations. I don't think they're always hallucinations. You know, too many people have the same hallucination, which is just not realistic. Imagine if, you know, uh, everyone who ever dreamed had the same dream. You'd be like, hold on now, something's going on here. And that's what sleep paralysis was. It was everyone saying, yeah, there were people standing at the end of my bed. There was this thing showed up. I heard these sounds. Like, like Everyone's saying they had the same experience. And that made me think this isn't just an isolated, your body's just going to sleep thing. This has to be something spiritual. And I consider myself a spiritual guy. So let me look into this. And that's when I started to learn about the levels of consciousness, because when you're in this state of sleep paralysis and lucid dreaming, you're in a theta state. You're in this rapid eye movement sort of thing. And then you dip into this theta, this low, slow brainwave frequency where you are extremely meditative, but that's where all the interesting stuff happens. That's when you start to see things. That's when you start to have these experiences where you're moving outside of your body. And so I learned to play with that. And eventually after a few years of practice, I finally had an astral projection experience and that just blew the lid off of everything. You know, I have these milestone moments that are just like, well, I guess I better dig deeper into this thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I used to get the sleep paralysis when I was younger and I know that it's happened to my mother and my grandmother, but I was getting it a lot. I used to get a, 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 a darkness, like couldn't move, but felt was awake and like, it's like a cloud of darkness coming over me and sometimes like a kind of screaming and everything. And it was happening for, for years and it was a terrifying kind of thing. But my way of overcoming it is I faced up to it. It was like without being afraid of it and it stopped after that. But I, it happened a few years, even as an adult, a few times, but it was a, a very strange feeling. And, you know, I, I think my great grandmother had it as well. So basically that you like you're you're awake, but you can't move. And, you, you know, yeah, it's just a, it's a it's a eerie feeling, to be honest. But oh man, yeah, but I think like now I can like if I close my eyes, well, I can see all colors. I can see shapes. It's like if you're tripping that things that are there and I know it's it's weird. Like, so it's, it's, it's hard to describe it. But yeah, you know, you shouldn't be seeing these things, but you are. <laughs> right. It, it is eerie. That's a good yeah. word for it. Like if you've never had sleep paralysis, when it when it comes over you, it's like it, it is like something is coming over you, yeah. you know, like this force is holding you down. And like the science behind it is your body is, you know, it's kind of shutting down your muscles so you don't act out your dreams. That's like, that's the, the sense behind it. Uh, where it gets interesting is when your body isn't in the way of the conscious experience, 
that's when you start to experience the paranormal. Because at all times, our five senses keep us grounded in reality. I tell people all the time when I teach them how to astral project, like you are not your physical body. You are not your thoughts. You are the conscious awareness behind those eyes that are looking through. So what that means is when you have these sleep paralysis experiences or these lucid dream experiences, you're experiencing reality apart from the physical body. You'd say, well, sleep paralysis, I'm in my body. Well, you're not actually doing anything with the body. The body is a filter between you and the spiritual world. And when your body's asleep, you don't have that filter anymore. That's why it's going on. It's there all the time already. Your body is just the filter for it. So once you realize that, you can move your consciousness away from the body. That's all, that's all lucid dreaming is. And that's what astral projection is. It's moving your conscious awareness away from your physical body while you're totally conscious for the experience. I've heard it described brilliantly as your mind is a radio in a car and you have to tune the radio to different frequencies. Right now, you'd say we're in, we're in the home station right now. This is the station that your car is always on. You get in the car, bam, oh, I know this station. I love this station. It's a station that's always on. This is the home frequency, the five senses, natural world that you always experience. When you allow your mind to wander or you have a daydream, you're not experiencing the home station anymore. You're dialing the radio a little bit away from the home station and you're experiencing something going on in this, in the ether, whatever, but you're not here anymore. When you're having a lucid dream, you're not in this body anymore. You're turning the dial somewhere else. So consciousness is a dial and you just turn it and move it from here to there. A simple way for your, your, your listeners, your viewers, even yourself to go about this is something that I teach and I feel like it's really powerful. It's just, just the water bottle technique is what I call it. And when I found this technique, I was like, it can't be that simple, but you can honestly learn to astral project very easily. And it starts with the imagination because the imagination is the tool that we have in our disposal to place our conscious awareness anywhere we want. So the first thing you're gonna wanna do is get in a relaxed state, obviously. It always starts with that. Lay down and, or, or sit down somewhere comfortably and just observe your surroundings as much as you possibly can. Use 100% of your awareness to observe the surrounding. Incorporate all five senses. What are you seeing? What are you feeling? You know, what are you smelling in the room? What are you hearing? You know, how, how does your mouth taste? If you didn't brush your teeth, it's gonna taste pretty bad. But, you know, just focus all your senses in this here and now moment. Get into the present moment 100% for five minutes. Once you do that, you're going to feel a strain on your mind because you're, you're maintaining focus for so long. Don't let your thoughts wander. Don't let your mind go here and there. Hold it steady. And you'll feel this like elastic tension in your mind. Close your eyes and let it go. Release. Just, okay, now I can, I can relax. What you'll notice right away is your mind goes somewhere else. When you focus really, really hard on something, the mind is like, okay, okay, I want to do something else. The moment you let go, the mind will be somewhere else. Now, the real trick to this technique is you can spend time watching your mind go where it wants to go, and you can explore a lot of these inner worlds that you go through, and even that will cause you to have an astral projection experience. A lot of people will start to see images like they were psychic. 
They'd be like, oh my gosh, I, I saw my childhood home right before my eyes. I saw this, this random place, you know, just, just pop before my eyes. Like I was actually there for a minute. You know, that's because your mind is like ready to go. It's been here for too long. It's like, I've been too focused. Let me go somewhere. The cool part about the technique is if you don't let go of the tension, but instead imagine if you would to put a bottle of water on your nightstand or on the table next to you, imagine that you were looking at life from the perspective of that water bottle. If you can maintain that for a few minutes, you'll start to see flashes of what the world actually looks like from that bottle of water. What are you doing? You're moving your conscious awareness from your physical body to that bottle of water. You say, that's not possible. That doesn't make sense. It's just a bottle of water. But then again, quantum physics tells us everything is energy. Light moves as a particle and as a wave. You know, nothing is solid. Everything is vibrating energy, which basically means if we could see with the proper lenses, we would see that there are no boundary lines or dividing lines between anything in the known universe. Everything is connected. Everything intermingles and flows. So you are that bottle of water. You are the mic in front of you, the headphones you're wearing right now, because you can move your conscious awareness into those things. That's where things get interesting, man. No, then you can do a whole lot of cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And with the lucid dreaming, then, are you able to remember it? Or have you techniques for actually remembering when you do it? Because for me, I know I'm able, I, I definitely can lucid dream, but remembering, I, I very rarely, unless I think of it straight away and I'm conscious of it. But if I mm. don't, later on, not, it's gone. Yeah, you've got to... Uh... You've got to develop the skill. And the only way that I found to develop that is to use self-talk or affirmations. Uh, that and like you said, being consciously aware. If you're having a lucid dream, uh, when you wake up, you will naturally start to forget if you haven't trained that muscle. And so what you can do is in the morning, after the dream, just lay in bed, close your eyes, and you can ask yourself a few questions. You say, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I was in this dream and uh, I went here and just leave it blank. I went, I did this with, I was, you know, just kind of leave these blanks. And what you'll notice is your mind will fill in the gaps. It's like, I was out doing blank and you'd be like swimming. Oh, I was at the beach. That's what happened in the dream. And when you get a foothold, then you can try to remember that one part of the dream enough to where the next thing that happened right before that will become clear. And then you kind of piece together the dream, but it takes some skill, it takes some practice. Not too long, it's not difficult. It's just like trying to remember an old memory. You know, it, it kind of comes together in pieces. You know, oh, there it is. You know, it's just like that. But you can go to sleep and before you go to sleep, say to yourself, I remember my dreams easily. Every night I, I lose a dream. When I wake up, I remember all of my dreams in full detail. And you just say that over and over again. An easy way to have lucid dreams is to do the same thing. I lucid dream every night. I'm an expert at lucid dreaming. And you just repeat this over and over. I'm going to take my conscious awareness into the dream over and over and over again. And then you go to sleep. Loads of techniques like that, man. Loads of them. Brilliant, brilliant. And I'm, I, I, I'm going to start following you on TikTok because I, I, I looked at 
you know, maybe 10 of them prior to, you know, when I was preparing for, for this uh, mm-hmm. conversation and, you know, you're explaining a lot of stuff. So like for those listening as well, I mean, we'll have the links on that, but uh, I know you, the book, what the cure for enlightenment, is that based yes. on what we've just discussed or you might just talk a little bit about. I talk about all of those things in the book. The, the cure for enlightenment is my mission to basically get everyone to a point where they realize we're all one and there's nothing separating you from me. And that's the core understanding. You know, everyone is searching for enlightenment. Everyone has this idea in their minds, like I can't reach enlightenment. They put it on a pedestal. They think I have to be Saad Guru or I have to be Sri Yukteswar or, you know, all these other gurus. I have to have trained for 25, 30 years of my life in order to even touch the, the tip of the iceberg of enlightenment. And in some part that is true, but it's more realistic. It's more probable and, and beneficial for you to understand that you're already enlightened. All these gurus will tell you, the best gurus will say to you, you're enlightened right now. You just have the wool pulled over your eyes. You don't believe you're enlightened. So therefore you're manifesting a reality where you're not enlightened. You have it already. So the, the, the book, The Cure for Enlightenment, is a way to teach people how to live an enlightened life every single day by basically showing them you've already reached the goal. The only reason you go on the adventure to find enlightenment is for the enjoyment of going on the adventure. You may ask, what's the purpose of life? And people will come up with all sorts of external things, this and this and that. I feel like the purpose of life is just to be here and experience and enjoy it. You can learn, you can do all this and that, but at the end of the day, if you are God, if you're connected to source, if you are everything, experiencing life through a body, you're just here to have fun. And that's what people say, you know, under hypnosis, they say they've, you know, they leave their bodies after they die in like a regressive hypnosis. And they say, oh, it's all just a play. That life thing is all a game. I wish I wouldn't have taken it so seriously. And the book, The Cure for Enlightenment is trying to get you to that place of realizing you're not your physical body. Once this thing is done, you're, you're out of this thing, you're going to have a blast, and then maybe you'll come back to have more fun. Like taking the stress off of spirituality. I talk about lucid dreaming. I talk about astral projection. I talk about magic. I talk about bas- everything that I've had an experience with that's gotten me to this place is what's in that book. And one of the most powerful messages is you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to be anyone. You don't have to achieve anything to have enlightenment right now. You just need to be present and aware of this moment right now. The here and now is all there is. Eckhart Tolle will tell you, and to be here now, like this is it. This is all there is. When you're aware of the present moment, and here's a here's a weird thing. I feel like I don't I don't know if I can explain it well. I, I'll do my best, but if this present moment is all that exists. Just entertain that idea for a moment. The future hasn't happened yet. The past is gone. All that exists is this moment right now where I'm talking to you, you're listening, viewers are listening, people are watching. This moment right now is all that exists for you. It's all that's possible right now. And if we know, if we believe in the many worlds or the you know infinite possibilities from quantum physics and things like that, That means that every possibility, every outcome, everything exists in this moment because the here and now is all there is. Then anything that you want to have or experience or touch or taste, it exists right now in this moment. And the only limit is your mind. You can be happy right now in this moment. 
And you say, well, you know, I'd be even happier if I had a million dollars. Well, of course, of course, money makes things easier. I'd be happier if I was on the beach, of course. But the external things don't determine who you are. Who you are internally affects your external world. And so when you take control of who you are and you say, I'm going to be happy today, regardless of what happens, that's when you start to walk as an enlightened being, because now you're not being affected by the world. You're affecting the world. That's what I talk about in the book. Yeah, totally agree with you. I think it's beautiful. And, you know, those that uh, think that money is going to make them happier. Yes, we need it in the world to get the things, you know, for roof, food and all that. But uh, there's plenty of millionaires, multimillionaires that are miserable. Plenty of people that have moved to the beach that are miserable because they brought their problems with them. <laughs> so, so you have to look within to get the real true freedom. Yeah, they just bring their problems with them. That's exactly it. Like people think that, you know, if their environment were to change, their problems would change. Like, no, you just, you're the same person. You're just taking all your BS into the new environment. Like, it's like, oh man, when I get a better house, I'm going to be so much happier. You know, when I, when I move myself to this place in the world, I'm going to be so much better. When I reach this height, yeah, you're just taking this old person who you are into that new stuff. Like when you let go of the ego, you realize that this life thing isn't that serious. And that's the funny thing about life is life is a jester. Life is a joker. Life will push you to the ends and the extents of who you think you are. And then when you reach the end, you're like, why is this happening to me? You know, all of this is going on. I can't take this. Life will laugh at you and be like, hey, lighten up. It's just a joke. None of this is that serious. You're not actually Roy. You're just having an experience, remember? And, you know, if you pull back and you realize the ego is just this identity I use to navigate reality. It's what I use to talk to people. It's not me. So these things that are happening in life aren't happening to me. They're just happening to this ego, this creation that I use. Then you can look back and you can, oh, I can laugh at that. Oh, this is not going to destroy me. I'm okay. Like if something terrible happens, a loss of a loved one or your business collapses or your house burns down, these are terrible things that happen. But at the end of the day, you can still be who you choose to be. They don't have to destroy you because you are not this person that you put on. You can be whatever you want to be. Uh, Jim Carrey has this really interesting saying where he says, depression is just your body being tired of the character you've been wanting it to play. It's, just, it's tired of it. And so you're depressed. Like your avatar, this thing is tired of being this person you're forcing it to be you know, your higher self controlling this. And so he says, just let all that crap go for a minute. Just stop being you and just be in the moment. That's all the cure for enlightenment is. That's all enlightenment is, is just letting go of this pretend play character for a little while. Don't throw it away. Don't burn it. Oh, you need it. That's what I mean. You need it to operate here. Just be in the moment and then put it back on later. You know, you're ready to go back into the world. Put it back on. You're ready to come down from the mountain. You put your human suit back on <laughs> and you party with the humans, you know. No, totally agree. Life becomes a lot better when you kind of have that mentality and just th that feeling because you don't let things get to you. Like lots of stuff in the last few years and a lot of people letting it get to them. You don't. You just kind of, it is what it is. And, you know, life is good. And just appreciate all the beautiful things instead of concentrating on the negative things. And there's always going to be something negative to concentrate on. Yeah, exactly. Always, always, always. And there has to be that choice. Like the yin and yang, 
there's you know this iconic symbol of the of yin and yang there's the white the bit of white in the dark spot and a bit of dark in the white spot there's always the choice you know you can always dip into whatever you want you can be a totally altruistic person and still choose violence because that's free will so you'll always have a choice to look at the world as negative but something i say in all of my youtube videos uh, I hope you're having your best day. If you're not, choose to do so. Or as uh, a good friend said to me, uh, have your best day unless you choose otherwise. And that has stuck with me ever since. I love it. Because you control the day. You control how you experience things. What someone says to you doesn't affect you. It doesn't make any difference. They're not even talking about who you are. They're, they're if someone says something negative to you, they're saying that negative thing about something they're perceiving in their reality. That's not even you. Like we all live in a hallucination. You can look that up scientifically. We're all just picking up signals that our environment is pushing at us. And we're taking that in through our synapses and we're creating this imaginary world in our brains. We're not actually experiencing what's happening in the world. You know, we're actually blind, deaf, and dumb. Our minds just create the signals that it's picking up. And so, People aren't actually even engaging with you the moment that you take some negative event and identify with it and say, oh, that really pissed me off. That really hurt me. That's when it's actually going to hurt you. But when you look at it and you're like, oh, you know, that doesn't mean anything. That's not me. I know who I am. That doesn't bother me. This isn't going to kill me. This isn't going to destroy me. Then this stuff just just goes right over you, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, Cal, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. You might let people know how they can get in contact with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I totally, totally love the man. It's been a blast. Uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, uh, you, all of my links are going to be in the show notes, I'm sure, going to be in the description. Uh, you can find me over on YouTube, just typing in my name, Camel Kez. Same thing on TikTok, same thing on Instagram, everywhere. I'm Camel Kez. You can find me through that. I do uh, astral projection coaching. I also have something called astral projection hypnosis. I am a hypnotherapist. And so what I do is I take people through those stages of hypnosis we talked about earlier and help them to have an out-of-body experience. If they've never had one, that can be their first experience. It's an intense you know, past life regression, out of body exploration that causes people to connect with their higher self and really experience what's going on. And from there, the book, The Cure for Enlightenment, you can get that on Amazon. Uh, it's free with Kindle Unlimited. So, I mean, there's no excuse not to get the book. It's a, a short one day read, get it, knock it out. It'll change your life, man. When I found this information, it was like the light came on and everything made sense. It's like, oh, I can enjoy life again because I don't have to make a million dollars before I'm happy. I can have it right now. I can have enlightenment before I spend 25 years in the Himalayan mountains. I can have it right now in my backyard, right? It, you can have it now. And that's the beauty of the book. So I, I hope you guys get that. I hope you guys uh, find the resources you need. I've got over 150 videos on YouTube of free content, meditations, motivation, inspiration, totally free that you guys can absorb. So that's my contribution. <laughs> Excellent. No, perfect. <laughs> to this yeah. whole thing. No, brilliant. And as you said, they'll all be in the show notes for both the audio and the video. Thank you very much, Cal. Blessings, man. It was a pleasure. Thank you. So that's all for the Meditation Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on meditationpodcast.org, also on BitChute and YouTube. Be sure to give us a thumbs up, subscribe, five-star rating. It all helps. Until next week, take care. <laughs>